Well, tonight I'm going to talk to you from Matthew chapter 5. So let's turn there. And as we're turning there, I will mention, of course, Sunday morning service at 10 a.m. And then Wednesday night at uh, 7 o'clock we have service. So come be with us if you're in the Tampa area or if you know people who live down here that need a good church. And invite them to come be with us because we would love to have them here in the services. Matthew chapter 5, and I'm going to teach a little bit tonight about what we always call the Beatitudes. Have you heard that before? The Beatitudes? I think that um, what I like to say, it's the attitudes to be, right? (laughs) It's the attitudes to be. And I think that this kind of helps us through when um, sometimes the world can get ugly or rude or impatient or et cetera, et cetera. This, this, this talk from Jesus kind of brings everything back into perspective about how our attitude should be on the earth and therefore leading into that we are the salt of the earth. Amen. So that's the name of this message. You are the salt of the earth. So let's read here in Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, remember here, he's not saying blessed are poor people. Uh, he's saying blessed are, are the poor in spirit. And so I'm going to read that to you out of the Amplified. It says, blessed, happy to be envied and spiritually prosperous with life, joy and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of the outward conditions. That's what kind of defines blessed. Now, you know, that's pretty interesting, isn't it? We could just meditate on that and really learn a lot and renew our mind to the word blessed. Because when I grew up in church, it was always blessed, (laughs) you know, blessed. And I didn't even know really what blessed meant. (laughs) You know, it didn't have a lot of meaning to me other than blessing the food before you eat. But the word blessed is just full of amazing uh, uh, words that can, you know, enrich our life. Knowing that, you know, it, it's spiritual prosperity, which means all kinds of prosperity. It means life, joy, satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of what's going on around us. We are blessed. Now, so the, the, the Amplified here also says the poor in spirit are the humble, the ones that are humble, who rate themselves insignificant, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, I I think, um, you know, the Bible says that if we humble ourselves in the sight of God, he will lift us up. Uh, One translation says, if you make your life insignificant, God will make your life very significant. So, again, it's an attitude. You know, it's an attitude. It's not, oh, I just want to be a lowly little person that doesn't have any significance in the world. It's not that's not what they're saying here. Um, I believe the Holy Spirit is talking uh, through our Lord and saying that we need to always be in a position where we put others before us. Amen. Where we honor others and we um, definitely um, remain 
out of pride because it always comes before a fall. It, it comes with destruction. And it's very dangerous. I think pride is probably the most dangerous of any uh, spiritual evil. Um, and it's very deceptive, isn't it? Maybe that's why it's so evil, because it's so deceptive. But um, because there can be even religious pride, you know, and uh, we know more of the Bible than they know or or we pray more than they do or we have more stars on our Sunday school chart than they do. You know, And so it, it, it's it just sneaks up on you. Amen. It sneaks up on you. I remember years ago going to a um, Al-Anon meeting. I went for about five years to Al-Anon. And it really helped me. It really blessed me so much. And I had a sponsor. You know, you get a sponsor and you work the 12 steps. And, uh, you know, it's kind of the opposite of, than AA. It's for people who have who live with alcoholics or who had siblings or parents or children, uh, addicts or alcoholics. So um, it teaches you a lot about enabling people and et cetera. But my uh, sponsor one time, she said... Now, Scarlett, I want you to check up on pride. And I thought to myself, I'm not prideful. <laughs> and I thought, oh, just me saying that means I am prideful, you know. So I thought she sees something that I don't see. And I thank God for that kind of honesty, you know, and, and confronting things that people might not even be aware of. But it can really sneak in. On you. So, blessed are the poor in spirit. Now, look at verse 4. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. That's a good, that's a good promise, isn't it? There is comfort in the Holy Ghost. My dad was killed by a drunk driver on the way home from church when he was 50. And um, I was pregnant with our, you know, our first child, his first grandchild. And it was just a really very, very difficult time. And I remember that night after we heard the news that the police had come, et cetera, that um, I knew that, I, or I thought I, I thought I, I'm not going to make it through. We were very, very close, my father and I, very close. And I, I, I thought I'm not going to make it through this. You know, there's just no way. And I remember the Holy Spirit saying, I am your comforter. I am your comforter. And, you know, you, you hear that in teaching maybe and all. But when in, when you're in that situation, all of a sudden it really comes alive to you that you have a comforter. And, of course, the Bible says the rest is in praying in the Holy Ghost. That's where the rest and the peace comes. So I just began to pray in the Holy Ghost. And it just that all of that uh, grief that was so heavy and so dark lifted off of me. And of course I missed him and, you know, for years to come, I still miss him, but it's not the pain and it's not the horrible uh, brokenness that, you know, the devil can do to you when something tragic like that happens. So thank God we have a comforter, right? We shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Now, the meek doesn't, meekness doesn't mean weakness. Meekness means teachableness. That you're willing to be taught. That you're willing to listen and be led of the Spirit and be taught in the Word and even really listen to good counsel. The Bible says that 
there's in the multitude council, there's wisdom, there's there's spiritual understanding there. So I think it's really a, a good attitude, a position to put ourselves in is to be teachable and not think we know it all and we've heard it all. We've seen it all. You know, the the, uh, the people people used to say, well, I've been there and I've gotten the T-shirt, you know. But we, you know, even if we got the little T-shirt, we might still not know it all about situations uh, and what God wants us to know. So that teachableness and that, of course, is a fruit of the Spirit. So it's there in us and we can yield to being teachable and lis- listen. Amen. Listen to people. It's so easy to talk, but sometimes it's very difficult to listen takes patience doesn't it and it really takes energy to listen to someone but i tell you the um the wisdom that can be shared can save you time money energy relationships and all kinds of things uh verse six blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled and i think that we need to continue to be hungry and thirsty for god every day and if, if you feel like you're full tonight, you're not really as hungry as you used to be or thirsty, then just start saying, say it out of your mouth. I am so hungry. I am so thirsty. <laughs> and stir that up in you so that that uh, the Lord can continue to fill you with his plan, with his purpose. Um, you shall be filled with righteousness. Praise God. And uh, the Bible says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Um, and I, that's that's very important. How many of us need mercy? <laughs> so then we we sow merciful, being merciful, and we reap it. Blessed are the pure in heart. Now that to me, I don't know you y'all. Some of y'all probably taught and ministered on this before, uh, and it could be something totally different to you. But to me, it means motive. You know, what is the motive? of your heart blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see god see god what a promise uh verse nine blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of god so anytime we can make peace and have peace and really be be peace i think it all starts with us being peace that's another fruit of the spirit and as we are uh, are at peace within ourselves, it's very easy to bring peace to others and to situations when you are a peaceful person. I've been around those types of people um, growing up in the Lord and admired them so that they exude the peace of God. And uh, whatever is told to them or whatever, you know, you tell them, sometimes I had to go for counseling to some of my spiritual parents, etc. And uh, they weren't shaken up by anything. <laughs> you, know? you think, oh my gosh, wait, it's the end of the world. You, you'll, not, you'll not believe what's going on right now. And they just said, well, praise God, another opportunity for the Lord to show himself faithful. Amen. And I'm telling you, I admired the peace that they keep in their heart and mind. And thank God for an example of that. Um, because if you're an anxious person or um, uh, full of turmoil or, or chaotic, it, it can spread as well. And we don't want to spread that, do we? There's enough of that without us 
spreading that. Blessed are the peacemakers. Now look at verse 10. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Wow. You know, persecution is not a lot of fun. But if you preach the gospel, teach the gospel, pray with people to get saved or fill with the Holy Ghost, tithe or do whatever the Lord tells you to do, it will come with persecution. It will come with persecution. But um, I would rather have the kingdom of heaven than man's approval. Amen. You can't please everybody all the time anyway. So why even try to do all that when it says right here, the kingdom of heaven will be yours. Look at verse 11. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you, persecute you, say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Now, the key word there is falsely because if you're doing a bunch of stuff to a bunch of people and they start talking about you, <laughs> that's not what Jesus is talking about right here. Amen. But if they're falsely accusing you and saying all manner of evil against you for my sake, he says rejoice. Amen. Rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. So we have two things we need to do if all that's going on. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. Exceeding glad. That means not just a little happy. That means go for it. Amen. Dance and sing and worship. When uh, when David and I um get some bad news we did the other day and we we just got on the organ he did i just sat beside him <laughs> he's played and we sang i thought the neighbors are going to think we're crazy over here <laughs> but we're going to rejoice amen and god just brings all that into line and works things out and you don't even have to worry about it you know he doesn't want us to worry about things now, that's that's really a, a good father right there. Just don't worry about it. But sometimes I think we think we're doing something if we're worrying. You know, we're at least putting some energy, but that's not the right energy to, to give forth. In fact, that kind of stuff will kill you, really. Stress you out. Eighty percent of diseases caused by stress. So, you know, you, you want to stay out of worry and care. And he tells us to. He said, cast all your care over on me, for I care for you. And so it's good just to unload it. Even if you have to write it out and check it off, I give this to you, Lord, this, this, this. Amen. And then you can get on the piano or organ or get a little pan and a, <laughs> a little Stick and make a joyful noise. Amen. Rejoice and be glad. Well, Scarlett, you're being silly. No, no, I'm not. I'm being truthful that that will save you and help you in every way and really help those around you, too. So what does the next verse say in 13 says? You are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. Now, let me talk to you just a minute about salt. You know, of course, some of these things, but I was reminded of some of these things, and I think it's good to go over it because in the ancient world, salt was very expensive and it was treasured because it was crucial. It was a commodity that was crucial for, first of all, preservation. It preserved meat, preserved perishable foods, and um, so that preserving power of salt was very sought after. 
And our influence in this world should be a preserving force in the earth. And I believe it is. I believe if you took the church, not just our church, I'm talking about around the globe, out, I don't even know what would happen. I mean, it would be very dark, dark world. And um, I remember somebody saying, if you were going down a dark alley at night, would you rather run into a gang or a Bible study group coming home from church? <laughs> I said, well, that shows you right there the difference, right? How we are preserving force um, in the earth. Another thing that salt did in the ancient world, well, and now even, it enhances taste. You know, I don't know if you've ever had food that's not been salted at all. It's pretty bland and it's not very ignited with flavor. So our presence should change the flavor of the world. Our presence should change. When we go somewhere um, and uh, just walking in and saying hello and smiling, you know, people should notice that there's something different about us and that we are uh, the the salt of the earth, not because of who, you know, what we are, but because of who we are in Christ. Amen. Um, the third thing it, it did in the ancient world was it was an antiseptic. Salt worked as kind of a disinfectant. So they would put it um, on wounds, wound care, and uh, for cleanliness, they, you know, used it. They said in, in barn, uh, in the barn floors for, you know, animals and different things. Um, and I believe that today we are powerful for a spiritual disinfectant helping deter the spread of sin and moral decay in our land. Amen. Um, just think about if we as a as church and we have as churches for years, um, uh, taught uh, do not lie, do not steal. Just those two things. Think about people taking that in and, and actually doing that. Um, think about the cost it would save us just in security alone. Because you know people are going to tell the truth. You know people are not going to break in and steal. Can you imagine the change of the world just in those two things? Lying and stealing. And uh, because it's gotten worse and worse through the years, then everything's more and more and more regulated. You know, you just to get a marriage license or a driver's license, you have to just prove, prove, prove. <laughs> it's ridiculous, right? I think, you know, they want to take your blood and make sure. Um, so uh, I think that being the salt of the earth and... Uh, Doing what the word says to do can even detour the spread of sin and moral decay. It certainly can help, can it? Amen. Uh, another thing salt did was uh, medicinal and healing agents. And uh, it would speed up healing. So uh, I believe that in this world, spiritually speaking, we can bring healing through the word of God in the name of Jesus to physically suffering people. Praise God, and even emotionally in their mind. And and then uh, they even said that salt was used to ward off evil spirits. So praise God, we can do that too, right? The Bible says we cast out the devil in Mark chapter 16. That was the first thing he said is cast the devil out. 
And you have power and authority in the name of Jesus to do that. So we are the salt of the earth. And I believe he uh, purposely uh, showed us those beatitudes so that we could know how to be the salt of the earth, what to do to be the salt of the earth. And he said, but if the salt hath lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Now, that was another whole lesson that we won't go into tonight. But think about the power of light. And just even, you know, in the last 20 years of laser lights and uh, doing surgery with laser now and all kinds of remarkable accomplishments with light. And so uh, he said, you are salt and you are light. And then verse 15, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but under on a candlestick and giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So I think these attitudes to be, all these blessed ways of living, not only will bring tremendous blessing, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God into your life, but also they will reflect the kingdom of God to others and be that preserving force, be that uh, helpful uh, force in their life. And of course, he says that in verse 16, let it shine. Amen. Let these things shine through you that people will see your good works. Now, that's not talking about, you know, um, dead works or whatever and, you know, trying to be a, a, a robot. It's just saying, let God shine through you in these ways. Let he yield to the Holy Spirit and be those uh, things that Jesus asked us to be. That see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. When we bring glory to God, I believe that Jesus is lifted up and all men are drawn to him. Amen. Praise God. Well, did you get anything out of that? Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this evening that we can see uh, the attitudes you want us to be, that you want us blessed in all that we do. And you want us, Lord, to take on your qualities, the fruit of the Spirit and the things that you've shared with us by your Spirit, that they are in us and we can act the way you act. We can be the way you are. And Christ can live big within us. So, Lord, we just crucify the flesh. We thank you that we are free from dead works. We're free from uh, works that... Uh, would even try to glorify the devil or do uh, his kingdom any good. But we yield ourselves, our members, unto you. And we thank you, Lord, that you help us with your great grace to show forth and shine forth your glory. You help us to be that preserving force. I thank you, Lord, that we are renewed tonight in the spirit of our mind, of who we are, 
We know that you're the light, but we are also the light. And we know that we're the salt now of the earth. Thank you, Lord, and help us. Help us, Lord, strengthen us tonight. Help those listening on live stream to know who they are in Christ Jesus. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Now, if you're uh, here or if you're on live stream and you have sickness in your body, I want you to just take your hand and put put it if you have shoulder pain or neck pain or maybe, you know, there's headache or there's something wrong with your hip or knee. Just put your hand on the place where you're in pain or you need healing. And I'm going to pray for you. And I believe the Lord's going to heal you right now in Jesus name. Father, I thank you for your healing power. You are the healer. I thank you that you took our sickness. You bear our sorrows. You helped us, Lord, on Calvary so that we could walk in divine help free from pain, from sickness, and from disease. Now, I command these bodies to be made whole right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, God bless you. Hope you... um, can come on Sunday morning at 10 or tune back in to be with us and uh, we'll go now. We'll be dismissed. Amen.